0: Listening to Let's Stay Together Anime Break, the sub-series of Let's Stay Together where we talk about the 2019 anime fruits basket. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. And today we are discussing uh episode 16. She said don't step on them. (laughs) Was the title. We're gonna do our summary spoiler-free discussion and spoiler-e discussion as we do every time. Mm -hmm. This this is an interesting diversion from what normally happens because this Chapter or this the content this is from is from the chapter that we just published about and one that we haven't or we just released an episode about and one that we haven't released an episode about yet. So this is the first time that the anime is like a little bit ahead of where we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You think that we had like a couple months ahead, but no, (laughs) turns out (laughs) they're skipping all around. So this episode has some. It has all of chapter thirty nine, which we just talked about, and then a little bit of chapter forty. So not all of it, but some of it. Um. And then next week we're going to do fourteen forty one. So this will all tie in together, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think
1: what chapter was it that last episode covered? Chapter? Oh, I have the the Lake House. But I can't remember the numbers.
0: I have a note here, right here, that says it covered <laughs> chapters twenty five and twenty six.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a big a big jump.
0: <laughs> it's a pretty big jump. Thirteen chapters. That's like a whole mm-hmm. volume worth of jump, almost, right? Yeah. Because like six a thing, so. So yeah, but regardless, it's nice that we get to have some UO backstory. And I think that this content wasn't wait, was this covered in the original anime? I forgot to check before we started recording.
1: I don't think we got UO backstory.
0: Oh yeah, no, it's totally not. It's not covered at all. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah. Brand new animation. Yeah. I'm excited. Or I was really excited when we heard the name of the episode. Mm -hmm. and knew what it was about because we just read it and if we hadn't read it then I wouldn't have known what it was about (laughs) and then watched it and I was like this is gonna be great it's all brand new stuff Mm -hmm. so uh, it was really exciting um so let's just get straight into it (laughs) Mm -hmm. I wonder if they jumped ahead because they got bored and they're like let's get some new stuff yeah I'm tired (laughs) of this stuff that we've already seen before Jason (laughs) (laughs) So, 1980s, they said. Who cares said. about Jason anymore? <laughs> Who cares about a bear in a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> this episode opens on a city at night, and we hear the distinct rattle and rumble of a passing train, and the hushed city sound is broken by footsteps trudging up the stairs to an apartment in a tall complex. A young blonde girl with a long jacket arrives and hesitates at the door. She eventually reaches out and twists opens the knob and unlocks the door handle with a creak. The only sound coming from inside the apartment is the unmistakable sound of really dumb shit late night TV. <laughs> and the girl closes the door with a slam, steps around piles of garbage that are sitting at the door. She pauses as she passes a man who sits back, who sits in the dark and stares at the t- at the TV, mouth open, empty bottles beside him on the table. She enters another darkened bedroom and closes the door, and leans back against it and slides down to the floor and looks down. And then we catch the opening credits. This is the film noir version of
1: Fruba. Yeah. <laughs> It's doing that that thing the anime seems to like to do where it kind of starts with a flashbacky thing and then goes a, yeah or flash forward and it's sort of a, flashback <laughs> and a flash forward in this case <laughs> but sort of yeah like you're, you're right yeah but sort of like jumps ahead in the story and then cut the credits and then goes back to bring it back to where we are
0: yeah instead of doing like what Takayo does in the anime i guess as a contrast where you have like the thing that's at the end is pulled in at the beginning and like bookends the chapter mm-hmm they tend to pull something from the middle and then build up to it and then go past it kind of narratively speaking. So that was exactly what happened. And I felt Mm -hmm. like this episode, speaking of that, this episode seemed like it was really specifically like crafted kind of like movie style. It had this like really strong, I feel like narrative composition Mm -hmm. where sometimes they don't like the one, the one last time, the, the lake house one that we just talked about. Was kind of like, and then this thing happened. Then this thing happened. Then Niame showed up, and now this mm-hmm. thing's happening. And that's kind of like how it is in the manga. Um, like it kind of follows the manga, and then in this case, they there was a couple little things were added and a little bit shifted to make I feel like give it kind of that stronger build. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so out of that. After that, um, so first of all, it's like a super dark opening, then we cut to the super peppy yeah. opening credits, and then we cut into the school pool, where ooh, was relaxing. In summer, you gotta go to the pool, she says cheerfully. And then there are some girls who are hanging out in the pool and gossiping, asking why the Yankee delinquent is here for swimming class. Don't they usually ditch? It's weird that such an outdated delinquent like her is even part of our class. Right? Says Hana, who appears out of the pool suddenly, with her long hair flowing out in the water, freakily. <laughs> The girls freak out and then free stroke slash butterfly their way to safety. <laughs> I was wrong, they think. <laughs> she's the weirdest one. Um, and the other one says, well, rather than weird, she's scary. So they <laughs> swim off with their impressive swimming skills.
1: I don't think the ring was out when Fruits Basket was first out, <laughs> but that's what, I, what the long hair kind of evokes now.
0: <laughs> I wonder, I know we I mentioned that last time. I feel like I was editing last and I heard, I have mentioned some <laughs> mention of Sadako, but I couldn't remember yeah. why. Definitely, it does evoke that, but maybe that's just like
1: a trope from Japanese horror movies. It might, she might not even be yeah. the first one. I mean, one. it kind of is. It's kind of a classic Japanese ghost look, I think, but. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a very specific thing reference nowadays. <laughs>
0: it does, like a girl in the water with long black hair, specifically, yeah. I feel like. Back in our old 2000 references again, <laughs> early 2000s <Yeah>. references.
1: <laughs> I feel like the ring still gets referenced pretty often.
0: Probably, because it you was said terrifying. There's
1: like, yeah, there, you know, said there's like one iconic horror movie like every decade, and people mm-hmm. just never forget those ones, but they forget all the other ones. I mm-hmm. think The Ring was one of those.
0: Probably. <laughs> I wonder, but then I feel like it's also so set in a specific time. Like, I wonder if people mm-hmm. who are a little bit younger than us, you know, people who wouldn't have been old enough to see it, like when it came out or like around that time, wouldn't mm-hmm. even have seen it. It's like how people who are younger than us don't know about Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> I think the, the ring was more widespread than Napoleon Dynamite I don't even know about Napoleon Dynamite and I watched the movie
0: what? <laughs> and you <he> watched it? <laughs> you just blocked it out of your memory I get it <laughs> it's acceptable <laughs> unfortunately for Hannah she can't enjoy the school pool because she lost her hair tie um, which is why she was swimming around and looking for it, and why her hair was all over the place. <laughs> but it's Toru to the rescue, and Toru appears in her cutest hairstyle yet, braided loopy pigtails, but also her worst outfit ever, at least according to Arisa, which is her middle school swimsuit. Hana thanks her for the hair tie, and Uo suddenly bursts into tears. We transition to Toru kick-paddling happily in the pool, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> evoked a strong memory of me swimming in the pool (laughs) Mm -hmm. with those like floaty kickboards (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's also funny that she's in high school and she's using a kickboard anyway it's just the whole thing is amusing hana and uo sit off to the side of the pool and hana tells uo to chill out tori wears her swimsuit her school swimsuit every year and uo complains that they can finally wear their own like non-school swimsuits but hana is like is it not cute uo says it's not unflattering or embarrassing But it's like, it's a feeling I get seeing grandpa and grandma buy convenience store food, she says, imagining the scene as she works in a convenience store. They probably think nothing of it, but I can't stand watching them. It's so sad. And Toru runs over. Hey, Toru, no running at the pool. Don't you know the rules? What the F? (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Toru runs over as Uo continues. And I start crying for no reason. The tears just start flowing. Yeah, I actually cry while ringing them up, she says. And then we see a flashback again of her working, checking people out of the convenience store checking a bento out of the convenience store while tears stream down her face. And in the present, Uo is kind of like hunched over on the stairs, crying dramatically, pounding the cement, and all the other kids stare. Arisa, you really do cry easily, Hana says. (laughs) Toru looks on at them and thinks that bathing suits are expensive, and she was just trying to be frugal because this one still fits. But maybe this year she should buy a new one. She can't keep making Uo sad after all. I have a great idea, Uo says, and we transition to Shigure's living room. In Shigure's living room, Uo announces, "'We're about to shop for Toru's new swimsuit. I decided it'll be a present from all of us.'" And then we see Toru, drawn as a princess, and Chibi Hana, Yuki, Kyo, and Shigure gifting her a pink bathing suit with little ruffles. <laughs> "'You better be in,' she says. <laughs> "'Huh? What? Why are you deciding things for us?' Kyo demands to know. "'And why a s- s- swim?" And Uo's like, "'Quit bushing. "'Don't you make Toru do all the housework? "'Show her some gratitude once in a while.'" "'A swimsuit? Nice. I like the sound of it. "'I love summer,' Shigure says.'" And what he says is, Natsu, Banzai, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> in the Japanese one, at least. <laughs> See, the writer's all in, Uo says, and is like, ignore the pervert. Yuki chimes in and says that he's fine with buying a present, but why a swimsuit? Hana explains that it's because she still wears her middle school swimsuit, and Shigure spits out his tea in shock, and Kyo and Yuki sass him for being gross, of course. Toru comes downstairs then and joins them, and Shigure jumps up and grabs her shoulders and shakes her as he says, seriously, toru please buy one. Please go and buy a proper one. You will, won't you? I'm begging you. I can't bear it if you don't. He's weak when it comes to Torukun, too, Hana says. Mm, Uo agrees. <laughs> so we cut to a bathing suit, bathing suit shop. And it turns out that there are a lot of bathing suits, and Toru doesn't know what to choose. So Uo consults the subject matter experts she has brought with her. <laughs> hey, you too. She calls to Yukinkyo, who sit awkwardly facing away on a bench. Do you like bikinis or one piece swimsuits better? Don't ask us, they think, sweating nervously. <laughs> Hey, come and help, Uo says, sauntering over to them, past all the women in the store, giving the boys, like, side-eye glances. And Kyo complains about being there, and Uo is like, what? Then why'd you come along? You forcibly dragged us here, he complains. Why be embarrassed if your thoughts are pure, Uo asks, as Hana holds up a white bikini to Toru in the background. And Kyo blushes even more and looks away. <laughs> it's not like I'm asking your underwear preference, she says. You should feel a little more embarrassed, he says. Fine, then. A color? You can at least think of a color that looks good on Toru, she says. And you and Kyo look thoughtful. Blue, orange, they say, at the same time. And then fight about it, of course. Kyo for orange and Yuki for blue, as expected. Mm-hmm. Uo looks back and forth between them as they argue and thinks, these two are like an open book. How do they not realize? Are they stupid? <laughs> Hana cuts in and says, P-I-N-K would be best. And to try again after they've studied more. <laughs> yeah, pink is best for Toru, Uo adds. Don't ask us if you already decided, Kyo shouts. And then Uo <laughs> says that Kyoko-san did say that pink fit Toru best. She would say that she was red because she was the red butterfly. And Toru's dad was straightforward man was a straightforward man, so white. Mix those together and you get pink for Toru. A pink swimsuit? Yep, that'll definitely be cute. Yuki says, it seems like you and Hanajima-san really love Honda-san. Yeah, I mentioned before that Toru saved me. And thanks to her, I'm a happy, respectable civilian, Uo says. And then Kyo and Uo argue about her being respectable. (laughs) And we see off to the side of the room, three teen girls appear. One wearing a long coat, one wearing like a, like they all have long skirts and one has like her little neckerchief undone on her school uniform. That's her, right? Uotani, one says. Yeah, she left the gang, but now look how much she stands out, Another says. "Want to rough her up. But then they decide not to do anything except take pics because she has hot guys with her it turns out <laughs> so focusing back on the main gang not the three kids <laughs> they've given to her new bathing suit and Toru, of course is awkward and says that she doesn't deserve it but then they reassure her thank you for everything you do hana says come on just take it kyo says yes hana adds it represents our feelings of gratitude please accept it honda-san which I just thought was cute because it all has it Kind of has like their attitude <laughs> like, you know, like how Kiyo is like come on just take it <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Tears well in Toru's eyes And she blushes She holds the bag tight and says thank you very much I'll treasure it Hana Onuo say and squeeze her tight While Toru's voice actor makes the cutest noise I've ever heard in my life Which I could try to imitate It was like oh yo 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 It's so funny <laughs> Laura Bailey did a good job and wasn't quite as cute. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. <laughs> so we transitioned. We're bouncing all over the place. First we're at school, then we're at Sugar and now we're at we're going to a sober restaurant. No, sorry, then we were at the bathing suit shop. Now we're going to a sober restaurant. I thought you said a sober
1: restaurant for a second.
0: <laughs> it's a sober restaurant. No drinking. Which is fine because they're youths. So they shouldn't be drinking yeah. anyway. <laughs> Yuki kicks off the conversation by asking another probing question, which is which swimsuit they got. And Uo says <laughs> Uo says they'll find out when she wears it. He'll probably go to the beach right yeah i hope so yuki says yuki is all about conversation this episode <laughs> he's trying so hard to people like we said <laughs> or like you said specifically oo <laughs> says that the three ladies should take a trip somewhere too sometime and he comments that they're very close and he asks if they met in elementary school and they explain that they met in middle school hana had just transferred to their school in eighth grade yes I caused a minor problem at my previous school," she says, and we cut to Yukinkyo in the silently freaked-out corner of the room.
1: <laughs> she burned down the gym because it's full of vampires. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I just—that's my only reaction <laughs>
0: for that joke. Uton, <laughs> you were still active then, right? Yeah, I joined the game in fifth grade," uh, Uo says. You always wore a mask," Toru says, with thin eyebrows and a long skirt too," Uo says. Oh, Risa, that's still true today, Hana says. And was like, I guess you're right. <laughs> and then we pan over Yukin Kyo during that conversation, who are looking sort of anxious, but not like how they just were when Hana talked about burning the gym down. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they wonder why she's so cheerful as they sweat drop. Uo says that she was way more on edge back then, like an unfed lion. And then we cut to a scene of her in the past on a white background, like in the void, like Haru. (laughs) She's dressed in an all white, um, like long pants and a long coat, a long trench coat. And she wears a black uh, surgical mask. Leaves or feathers fall around her. These are the, we talked about, uh, (laughs) I wrote these notes before I edited the last episode. They're feathers that that represent transitioning through time, right? (laughs) A problem child that left my teachers and dad hopeless, her narration continues, I wonder why it's so easy to go bad. And then we cut to a night scene, Ua runs through the frame, carrying a pipe. We see her gang members behind her as she swings and strikes with the pipe. In another scene we see her climbing a jungle gym at a playground, um, kind of swinging her legs out of the jungle gym and kicking someone off to the side. Before I knew it I joined a female gang, running with tough women, causing nothing but trouble. I punched people and got punched, you don't even want to know half the things I did. Her narration continues. We see her hitting a guy and then getting punched and knocked down, laying on the ground after the fight. In short, I was a great big idiot, she says. In her memory, she sits up and her narration continues. I was an idiot, but still there was someone I looked up to. And We see a woman standing, long jacket billowing in the night breeze. We zoom in and see that her jacket, we zoom in on her jacket, which is um, embroidered prominently with a red butterfly in the back. She puts aside men and became a gang leader despite being a woman. Her street name was the Crimson Butterfly. It was Kyoko san, uh, Uo says, and we transition back to the present Torokun's mother. You can see off in the background the three girls who were commenting about um, Uo are still creeping by the door of the sober restaurant, and one of them asks the kind of like mm, leader of the group if they're going to do something, and she says to wait, but then she whips out a cell phone to snap another photo of Yukin Kyo. <laughs> and they continue to creep on Yukin Kyo. In a cloud of awestruck sparkles while a poor, like, surfer, like, the host, tries to get their attention. (laughs) The kid's food arrives, and Yuki asks another question, quite awkwardly, about Toru's mother. And Toru cheerfully explains that her mother was, um, a bike gang leader before having her. Oh, I see. Yuki replies just as awkwardly. (laughs) It's hard to imagine knowing you, he says. And then Uo chimes in that she wasn't just any old Yankee, she was... They say that whenever she rode her bike, the taillights resembled a fluttering butterfly. She was strong in a fight and chivalrous too every time the older members talked about her my admiration grew and then we see a flashback of kyoko riding a motorcycle weaving down the road fighting people and then walking down the street kind of flanked by gang members on either side some of whom appear taller or maybe like older than her it happens to everybody right uo says they're your hero and you put them on a pedestal and then we see uo talking to some girls in her gang um kind of when she was younger you really love the butterfly, huh? Ootani. One says, "Oh yeah, I heard she lives near here." Yeah, they say she got married and changed her last name to Honda, and she has a daughter about your age. She might even go to your school. And we cut to Uo's school, and Uo walks down the hallway, and the kids are all like, "Whoa, Ootani's here!" <laughs> I guess she wasn't making regular appearances at school. <laughs> Uo imagines what the Crimson Butterfly II would look like. A total Yankee too. But that image is about to be completely shattered as a girl bumps into Uo from behind, carrying a large stack of notebooks. The girl begins to apologize, but baby Uo sasses her, watch where you're going, dummy. And the girl apologizes again and then bows, spilling notebooks out all out across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> There's a silent beat before the girl is like, ah, and freaks out about what to do. <laughs> the kids start um, walking all over the notebooks while the girl's like, please don't step on them, kind of uh, daintily <laughs> from the floor uo helps out by yelling she said don't step on them dumbos and then squats down and starts picking up the notebooks and sasses the girl to help screw everyone for making me do this crap uo winches you what's your name <laughs> i love that. screw everyone for making me do this crap that's like my motto of the week <laughs> what's your name um i'm toru honda our baby heroine says honda uo says i'll kick your butt if you end up claiming to be the crimson butterfly's daughter oh yes that was my mom's name when she was still active Uo, Toru smiles, and Uo is shocked. <laughs> get your teeth, baby Uo threatens. And then we trudge into them walking home together. Seriously? Uo thinks, looking at Toru. Please meet my mom, Toru says, smiling. She'll like that. And Uo wonders if she's actually Kyoko's daughter. And of course she couldn't tell. Baby Toru is as plain as you can get. Um, may I call you Uotani-san? Toru asks. Huh? Yeah, Uo replies. It's nice to meet you, Uotani-san, Toru says. Uo thinks. She seems a little... How should I put it? strange (laughs) uo's thoughts are interrupted as kyoko runs up and surprise hugs toru from behind and welcomes her home much to uo's shock and chagrin i'm home toru says you're heavy and kyoko says that she's lucky that they met on their way home and starts to talk about something that happened at work toru says up before that i want you to meet someone and the scene unfolds in slow motion for arisa could this person be she thinks and we see kyoko turn and look over her shoulder at her "'Oh my, and who is this?' Kyoko says, waving waving Toru's hand at Uo, and Toru introduces her. "'The Kyoko san that I admired so much had become a total doting parent. Uo, (laughs) thinks. "'In the present at the noodle shop, Uo says, "'At that moment my admiration for her crumbled to dust. It was a huge disappointment at the time, "'which was totally unfair of me. I made up this image of her as my hero, "'and then had the nerve to be disappointed when the real her wasn't what I expected. "'It's obvious that she'd be different than what I imagined. "'Selfish, huh?' she says, looking rueful.' Kyoko-san just smiled. She smiled and forgave my selfishness back then, Uo says, and then we transition back to the past. At baby Toru's apartment, Kyoko takes laundry off the line while Toru cooks dinner, and Arisa sits uncomfortably at the table. Sorry it's such a mess, Kyoko says. Anyway, make yourself comfortable. The red butterfly is bringing the laundry, Uo thinks. (laughs) Say, Uo-chan, why don't you join us for dinner? Eh, Uo-chan, she grumps. It's Uotani, right? So uo Kyoko says. And Uo's mouth gapes, clearly not sure what to say. (laughs) Toru runs over happily, clasping a ladle, and says, Please join us for dinner, uo And then Uo laments how the nickname is already sticking. Uh, I'm going home, Uo says. And Kyoko's like, Come on, Toru's a great cook. And pats her on the head, and Toru blushes and brushes off the compliment, of course. And they talk about what's for dinner, but Uo can't take it anymore and tries to peace out. Oh, are your parents strict? Kyoko asks. You can tell from looking at me that I don't have strict parents, Uo says. Kyoko is like, that's not necessarily true. Everyone's circumstances are different. And Uo scrunches up her face and then turns to Kyoko and Toru and shouts, I'm just completely disappointed that the crimson butterfly turned out to be such a domestic doting parent. I can't believe you've sunken this low. Kyoko simply smiles, which shocks Uo. I just relaxed a bit, that's all, Kyoko says. Then Uo huffs and leaves, and Toru worries after her. Kyoko notices that Uo's forgotten her mask on the table. And so outside, as Uo walks away, Toru chases after her to return it. Uo-chan, you left this, she calls, and as she approaches, Uo grabs Toru's shirt and pulls her up close to her. Don't nickname me like you're my friend, she yells, and then pushes Toru away. I don't want anything to do with you anymore. Run home and let mommy spoil you. And Uo kind of saunters off. So stupid. Your family makes me want to puke. Uo's senpai from the gang rounds the corner and sees her leaving, and Kyoko watches from the balcony, and that senpai sees Kyoko as well. So she sees kind of like everything that happened. Uo walks down the road, her hands in her pockets. What the heck, she thinks. And then we see Toru behind her, clutching the mask. They get on my nerves. But I also feel like I'm being left behind. I don't know why I'm so pissed. And she imagines Kyoko and Toru smiling, Kyoko complimenting Toru's cooking. And Uo grimaces. Maybe it's because that atmosphere doesn't fit me. Something there felt uncomfortable. She remembers the laundry hanging, and then we transition to a playground at night. So it's all, like, bright, the laundry's all out in the sun. Then we transition to night, this, like, grungy playground. Uo sits slumped on the ground, and the gang's uh, senpai from earlier asks her if she met their butterfly's daughter. Uh, Uo says, I don't care anymore. It's a pain to go to school anyway. It's not worth going, another girl chimes in. Got that right, they say, and then they laugh. We see Uo riding on the back of a motorcycle, the rest of her gang ahead of her, and she looks back over her shoulder. The atmosphere that I fit into, she thinks, is this one. She and two other girls threaten a woman on the street. We see a scene of the brawl from earlier, and we see the girls gathered near a bonfire. My mom called the cops on me when complains. I swear I'm going to kill her someday. Another one says, my old man told me never to come back. It's like, you're the stupid losers who gave birth to us. You can see Uo on the side, not appearing to be joining in the complaints, and she looks kind of lost in her thoughts, and she closes her eyes. My kind of place is one where I can fall to rock bottom, she thinks. And then we fade to black, and then in on a street light. Nowhere else to go today, Uo says, so I guess I'll go home for once. The girl suggests that she smother her dad in his sleep. They're like, "Oh, your dad is you. It's just your dad at home, right? You should smother him in his sleep," and then uh, suggest that they she get cash from him, and they cackle as she walks off into the darkness. We see the same apartment building from earlier, and then we cut to a scene of a woman walking away. Uo explains that her mom left uh, with another guy when she was in first grade, and we see Uo's dad and baby baby Uo, not just baby Uo, but even smaller Uo left behind in the in the in the foreground. I've been living with my dad ever since, she says. And then we see the same scene from earlier. Uo arrives home, no greeting at all from her father, who's watching TV in the dark. All he does is drink. I'm used to it, though, she thinks. She goes into her room and slumps to the floor. You get used to it, whether you like it or not. We see her eyes kind of glistening in the darkened room, and she imagines Toru smiling softly, Kyoko, the two of them together, and then Toru trying to return her mask, and the laundry again. She remembers Kyoko saying, I just relaxed a bit, that's all. We cut back to Uo resting against the door, and there's a cacophony of this, like, altered sound, which we don't normally hear in this show. It's like the sound of the kind of, like, late-night TV that's on, but it's kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it. It's distorted. Mm -hmm. Uo covers her ears and holds her head and grunts, and then we zoom out on her and then cut to the credits. And then there's also an extra scene at the end Mm -hmm. where there's the three gang girls all trying to sound really tough, and then they end up testing out their tough guy, talk on Momiji, who talks back at them in German and scares them off. (laughs) which was quite the scene that I wasn't expecting. In my notes, I called it a shawarma scene. I just saw that. There's a hilarious shawarma scene. (laughs) I don't know if there's like an official word for it, but that's what I call it. (laughs) Just called
1: an end credits or a post credits scene.
0: (laughs) No, shawarma scene. You know (laughs) what I meant. (laughs) Also, I translated what Omiji said. And, uh, in Google Translate It's just like What do you think? Are you, are you trying to fight? Getting We're getting hamburgers Do you want to get hamburgers? Do you want to come along? They're very tasty And then they like run off <laughs> uh, I forget exactly what the girl says But she's also like She says something to them in Japanese And then she's like Let's fight! Which is really funny And then they And then they freak out When they freak out She says I'll be back And then they run off Which is really great Like Terminator reference I wonder if people get that too <laughs> If you don't get Jason Do you get Terminator? I don't know Although Terminator is constantly on cable, so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's our, we said, we're saying it's our first like fully new episode. It's exciting. I believe it's also our first two-parter since the beginning. <laughs> Ye- yeah, you're right. Usually they're, they're just one-offs. Yeah. And I think it's our first credit scene. <laughs> <gasps> That's true. Lots of firsts.
0: <laughs> Unless you count editing in the... <laughs> <laughs> the the rotund seahorse or whatever yeah. or like when they change it's not the first time, it's the first time there's a post credit scene but I mm-hmm. guess they changed the credits before which yeah. is not really the same but mm-hmm. yeah, it is I thought that was an interesting choice mm-hmm. it was like I guess it's just for comedy they're like, this yeah. series is starting to get serious so now we need to add some like, comedy yeah, in know. here <laughs> <That's> interesting <laughs> if we gotta build out these characters I don't feel sympathetic enough for them
1: <laughs> I empathetic enough for them I feel like we got more like scenes of gang life than we do in the equivalent chapters. Like, there were just like a couple so. like panels with like flashes of gang stuff or whatever. But we see like fight scenes and riding on motorcycles and <laughs> for both, uh, for both Uo and Kyoko. Yeah.
0: Yes. I remember. So we talked about this. And by I remember, I mean like we talked about it this episode that most recently came out, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. we talked a lot about Kyoko. Um, because a lot of the stuff in the chapter that we read was like her kind of gang-like life it was stuff that uo talked about about her Mm -hmm. but the cool thing is that i felt like we got more scenes of uo's gang time yeah which wasn't there wasn't really space for in that chapter that we covered i think already
1: yeah there's Um, a little bit more that came from that chapter stuff that's later in the episode but yeah one i thought was kind of striking was her riding on the back of the motorcycle because mm-hmm. like i remember just seeing like when the girls were just like hanging out and one of them was like leaning on the motorcycles like i was like does one of them actually drive that and i was like oh i guess the rest of them are older than uo and then seeing her ride on the back really kind of drove home how young she is mm-hmm.
0: i thought that um so there's the i i think they're kind of i would classify them as it feels like they're additions at least there could have been like scenes of her in the gang. There's definitely scenes of her hang- Uo hanging out with like the kid, the other girls mm-hmm. in the gang, the two who act really high and mighty and annoying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, there's a couple of scenes of that, but I don't think there's ones of her and there's probably one of her like throwing a punch, mm-hmm. but they're not, obviously they're not animated, so they don't stand out as much. And then I felt like the way that they're used and then the way also this was at the beginning of the episode, the whole scene where she comes home and like walks through the house that was all added. Mm-hmm. That was all in addition from later, I guess. So there's a bunch of these scenes that really like kind of characterize what her life was like. Yeah. Not
1: just the gang, but also her home life, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something in that scene—not the beginning one, but the more expanded one. When it came back to it, they're like, I kept rewinding to try and figure out what it was supposed to be. It looked like there's like a plate of like wrapped food or something. Oh yeah. And I was like trying to figure <laughs> out what that was. Like meant to indicate, like.
0: Well, I think it's just like he doesn't
1: eat. Mm-hmm. I'm not
0: sure if he. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's supposed to be. Like, I wonder who, or maybe he made a plate for her.
1: Yeah, that's kind of was what I'm wondering. I was like, did he like set aside food for her? Did she get food for him and he didn't eat it? Eat or... it. is it just supposed to indicate that they're like not eating food well <laughs> in the house? They're or... definitely yeah. not. <laughs> but yeah,
0: <laughs> we have many times talked about. <laughs> eating meals and stuff together in this show and Mm -hmm. it's like yeah they don't he it's implied that he drinks right well it's not implied I mean she says it but like you can see on the table it's just like covered in Mm -hmm. empty bottles
1: and then the food is there but he hasn't really eaten it or she hasn't yeah but yeah the fact that she like kind of looked at it specifically and it got kind of its own little shot made me kind of wonder about what it's supposed to signify I'm not sure I don't think it was in the I don't think it was in the chapter I don't think so maybe it'll come
0: back in the conclusion (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's in the later yeah. part or something, but I think it's just part of characterizing what their shitty relationship mm-hmm. is like. Like, it's just another thing that shows that they don't. But then at the same time, like, one scene that I thought was interesting, that which is, like, you know, Kyoko is like, oh, are your parents strict? And Uo's like, you can tell my parents aren't strict by looking at me. But it's not necessarily... Uo's... Or uh, Kyoko is like, well, that's not necessarily true. So, um, that scene where she comes home is kind of it's after it's after the girls are like oh like you should smother your dad in his sleep you should steal money from him and all this other kind of stuff they're encouraging her to do but then yet she comes home and it's not like he's doing anything nefarious like he's drinking but then there's food left out and the question is was it from him to her or from her Mm -hmm. to him and if it's from him to her like if he left it out for her then it's like it's not like he doesn't care Mm -hmm. about her
1: he just like is clearly dealing with other shit too like i feel like I don't know if it's gonna like come around and be explicitly stated, but I feel like it was maybe supposed to indicate like there's some attempt at connecting there that's mm-hmm. just not going through on one end or the other. Plus we've seen them later. Like we saw the scene in the anime yeah, we know during New Year's. On good terms in the present day.
0: Yeah, and Uo's kind of like, You gotta eat and stop drinking or whatever. I feel like what it is is that they need each other mm-hmm. and neither of them, you know, if he has like, I don't know if it's just that it's not the motivation, but they don't seem to be connecting yeah. at this point, right? So it's possible. I, yeah, I did think it was interesting, and it could be for either, could have been mm-hmm. either one trying to do something for the other. It's an interesting, it's, it's not really clear, and it's ambiguous, and that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. I liked the way the scene, um, at least I felt like the way the scene, the one that's repeated, where she comes in, it's like completely silent the first time, like the opening scene, and then when she comes home the second time, it's like narrated. Mm-hmm the timing feels kind of funny the first time you watch it. And then when you watch it again and she like does the, her voice is overlaid on it. It's like perfectly timed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a, uh, the spacing, like the, the, all the like things that she's thinking of the actions, like it just adds to it again. Yeah. I feel like that's this, they've done this before in other episodes too, where they'll show the same scene, but change something about mm-hmm. it. It's kind of like, uh, like the one that I just thought of is the one with Atori, where, uh, it's like Momiji tells, when Wujie's telling you what happened yeah. and you see the same scene and then it's a Tory narrating the same scene mm-hmm. like structurally i think it's a it's a nice like build up of what's
1: happening yeah i always like this kind of scenes where you like you see a scene and then you see it from a different perspective and it like kind of changes the meaning mhm and in
0: this case i think it's just further mhm i feel like she's like and the other thing is that this is also it's again trans uh not trans whatever am... What am i trying to say it's contrasted with her being like this is the gang life for me this is where I fit in so she goes to she goes to Taurus house she sees them being all like cheerful and, and relaxed and whatever and then you can tell that she's really she's really uncomfortable she says she's angry but she's really just uncomfortable and kind of envious of that relationship yeah. and then she tries to go and she's like the gang is where I fit in but then even they're kind of like she doesn't seem to really fit in with them either like she doesn't seem happy there mm-hmm. like it's there the two other girls are like um I, I don't know how to describe it every time they have a conversation they're just like cackling they're having a great time and Uo's just kind of sitting off to the side after meeting Kyoko mm-hmm. um, like she doesn't seem into it and then she goes home and is kind of like not into it there but still it somehow feels like the better place out of all three of them for some reason yeah. like, like she's upset about it I can't remember what I was originally going to say sorry it kind of trailed <laughs> off I lost my train of thought but the she goes home and she's like it's fine, you get used to things being shitty, but it's directly contrasted with her like kind of not fitting into the gang even though she thinks that that's where she belongs I guess mm-hmm. yeah this episode has a lot of because it has these like repeated scenes over and over again and there's there's dialogue but there's not in some scenes there's not a lot of dialogue or it's just someone's inner inner monologue kind of I feel like there's like there's not or sorry it's just like Uo by herself or something from her perspective so you see a lot of like imagery like there are mm-hmm. a lot of things that are it's not like um. There's scenes of them sitting like the characters sitting together and eating or whatever but a lot of it is flashbacks and so there's just like uo's perspective of walking down the street uo's perspective of like um the laundry in the house or coming to her apartment or being in the dark being at the playground there's like these scenes of that are like really f- focused on kyoko and just her experience in the gang so i thought it was interesting how there's like there's a couple of specific pieces of imagery that are repeated over and over again one is the laundry and in fact there's this really hard transition from the laundry to the jungle gym in like the later half of the from <laughs> she like thinks back on it's like so she arrives this it's three times she arrives at the house she meets kyoko and then goes to their house and then kyoko's taking the laundry off the line and you see this the one scene the one kind of like imagery when, she, when Uo leaves in a huff, then she thinks about the laundry again. It's like one of the last things. Like I said, that's the part that's like that hard transition. It's like she thinks about the laundry and then they're at the dirty, like grungy playground at night. Mm-hmm. And then after she goes home and slumps on the against the door, she remembers um, Toru and Kyoko and the laundry again. So it's this repeated, simple, which I thought was an interesting choice. Like, I guess it's supposed to symbolize something. It's supposed to be related to some idea. Mm-hmm. It's this, like, clean laundry that's contrasted with this, like, grungy, um...
1: I think it's just, like, a very homey, domestic kind of thing. Because, like, even when, like, she first says she's, like, horrified that the red butterfly <laughs> is taking down the laundry. So. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. It's this, yeah, I think you're right. It's just, like, a symbol of kind of, like, domestic mm-hmm. life. The thing that she thinks that she's, like, rebelling against, but really where she probably fits in best, right? Yeah, yeah what she wants. It's what she wants. She's... Mm-hmm she thinks that she doesn't need it, but what she wants is the same relationship that, that Toru and, and Kyoko have. Yeah. I also thought there was a couple scenes where they're at the playground, and the playground is all, like, it's like it's dark, and it's all, like, graffitied and grungy and stuff. I thought it was also kind of a... it's probably like a symbol of just, you know, the loss of innocence of her childhood i mean she's like in fifth grade or whatever yeah. right or sixth yeah, she's, grade she's or young enough to
1: still be playing on the playground totally I definitely still playing on the playground when i was in fifth grade totally
0: <laughs> okay so last time last time when we talked about this chapter we also talked about kyoko so i feel like we talked a lot about uo we talked about some of these like symbols that are that have been that kind of were used to communicate some things about her life in this episode and then we also talked about kyoko and last time you pointed out what i thought was i just want to point it out again if people weren't listening this is the first time that she appeared in a non kind of just like Toru's memory or like advice kind of way like this mm-hmm. is the first time we have someone else's perspective on Kyoko yeah which I think is interesting and it, and that's actually it's kind of like what the whole episode centers on is like uh Uo's perspective and it being like completely shattered and like having mm-hmm. this idea that this person is who she isn't which I think is interesting I feel like yeah.
1: I relate to as an adult mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's really the first time Kyoko kind of appears as, like, a person. hmm Not just, like, a guru. I mean... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: she has this behavior. Like, the things... It's not, like, uh, just, like, self-help. Um,
1: yeah.
0: You know, Kyoko, it's, like, she's a real person, and she shows up, and she has, like, this personality. It's almost... It's a little bit different than what we see, I think, from Toru's perspective. Mm-hmm. Toru has this idealized version of her, and Kyoko yeah. is, like... or not Kyoko. She's kind, of, she's kind of a goober. She, <laughs> a guru. <laughs> A goober. A goober. A goober, goober. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she's the number one goober. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she like slumps on Toru, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Hey, guess what happened today?" Like, and the other interesting thing is she doesn't notice Uho at all, which is really funny. Yeah. Like, and Toru's like, "Oh, I want you to meet this person." It's like you saw Tori, but you didn't see the other girl standing right next mm-hmm. to her. So like, really, it's funny and it's cute. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's it's interesting to just see another perspective of her
1: that's not so idealized and not from you know Toru's perspective. Yeah. And she still comes off as like a pretty, you know, like wise and admirable person, but just in kind of a different way than she's been portrayed before. She's been betrayed. (laughs) Yeah, definitely in in a way that she's been portrayed before. Um, Yeah. Like in this, she comes off more as like wise because she's mm -hmm. been there, done that, you know, t-shirt kind of thing. (laughs) Like
0: I was in, I was Um. a leader (laughs) of a biker gang and all I got was a stupid (laughs) t-shirt.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's like. And I, and she even, I mean, she, she like does her like wisdom drop, even in this conversation. It's just not done in the same way. Like she's like, everybody's situation is different. That's a takeaway. Takeaway number Mm -hmm. one, everyone's situation is different. Takeaway number two, like, um, you know, like you don't have to, she's like, I just relaxed a bit. Like things don't always have to stay the same. You don't have to be so angry. So Mm -hmm. like we did technically get these like pieces of, of. Um, mm-hmm. just kind of, like, knowledge from her, from someone who has that kind of life experience, yeah. but just not the way Toru does. Just
1: without the, yeah, just without the, you know, flashback echo mm-hmm. and shoujo bubbles.
0: Not the That's what I mean. She's like a guru. Like, she's, Toru has her up yeah. on this kind of pedestal, she's so not, like, just a regular person
1: in Toru's memory. Yeah. Which totally makes sense, but... Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, she's, like, barely a year away from the death. At, yeah, exactly. Point,
0: so. For someone who was so important to her. And I think she's just kind of clinging on to those things... That probably helped her. Mm-hmm. That helped Toru be a better yeah. person, or or be feel. It helps her deal with all the problems that she has to deal with now that she doesn't have that person. Like I feel like you're mm-hmm. a, a good like a parent or a good mom or a good role model in the case of like Uo is someone who, you know, you can kind of like bounce ideas off of or bounce problems off of, and they have things that they can tell you to help you work through those things yourself. And now Toru doesn't have that person live, yeah. so she's just relying on. The things that she said before, like trying to cling to something to mm-hmm. maintain that or to keep growing, right? Yeah, yeah. And in this case, for Uo, I think it's gonna, its a—it's about to be exactly the same situation. But right now, she's just like, <laughs> at this point in the story, we're leaving her, her like, her um, you know, her perspective of Kyoko, of her role model or her hero, which is completely <laughs> shattered. Mm-hmm. Um, and her kind of sense of purpose is is faltering. The place where she belongs yeah. is. She's just not, it's not clear. Like, she's having this kind of, like, identity crisis, you know, in sixth grade or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Sixth grade was rough. I'll give her that. I mean,
0: it's true. It's rough
1: (laughs) for everybody, I think, but especially (laughs) for her. (laughs) Yeah. Um, One thing I, like, kind of just thought of, I mean, it's it's obvious. I just never really put words to it, is that, like, she started off, like, idolizing Kyoko for one thing and winds up idolizing her for another thing. Mm Mm-hmm like she's still her hero like at the beginning and the end of the story just has that little middle part
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's the it's just the it's it's the subversion of what she thought Mm -hmm. yeah and you could i mean and it's it's uh, yeah i mean kyoko kyoko is like uh, you know when she says i'm i just relaxed a bit it's like she's still the same person Mm -hmm. um like that's kind of what's implied by that statement right um but you know uo Mm -hmm. just thinks that I feel like young people, like kids, they have a... um, We talked about this before. Why Mm -hmm. do we talk about this? I can't remember which episode we talked about, but, like, we talked about how kids... I made made a reference to uh, Inside Out. (laughs) Like, kids have this... Kids kind of have this, like, one perspective of things. Like, people have to be one certain way. They can't be, like, multiple things. Like, she can't be a mom and a gang leader, right? Like, Mm -hmm. she has to be, in Uo's mind kyoko has to be like a badass she has to be this specific type of person and then for someone like us to look back on it and say like well she is that person she's just doesn't act Mm -hmm. the same way anymore like yeah yeah. so it's just part of her developing that perspective yeah we'll get there we'll see what happens next time we're left in a cliffhanger she's getting her multicolored core memories (laughs) Thank you for uh, continuing my <laughs> my reference, but I do feel like it's true, especially in this case. Like the, it's just it's just so clearly demonstrated the way that O thinks that she just has to, Kyoko has to be this one way, and she even imagines mm-hmm. like Toru as being. We talked about it. Yeah. Uh, it said like it was labeled like uh, the red butterfly the second or something, which I thought mm-hmm. was really funny, and we we joked about it in the when we talked about this last time in the last episode that uh, she has this idea of even who Toru is. You know, based on what she thinks the red butterfly should be like. Yeah. So. I have a couple of comments about not just Uo, but also the beginning part of this episode with Kyo and Yuki again. So mm-hmm. I might've brought it up when we talked about this last time or in an earlier episode, but I feel like the, we're hitting on the theme of like standing out again. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, in terms of like Kyo and Yuki, they don't want to stand out too much being being like in the swimsuit store. Um, and I think that it maybe has to do, for them, I feel like they're kind of indoctrinated by the family to be so secretive about everything. Yeah. Um, but this, there's multiple things that kind of like hit on this theme again. So like the girls being like, um, the kids are they are really sassy about her in the pool. They're like, oh, why is she here? Shouldn't she be skipping? Like she really stands out. There's. Um, one of the, like, little subtitles, we often talk about how subtitles change a little bit or, like, maybe the interpretation changes a little bit of what something someone says, some dialogue, and the three right. kind of, like, Yankee girls who were there before, um, they said, like, I think in the Tokyo Pop, when we read this in the chapter, they said, like, oh, she left the gang and now she thinks she's so great or whatever. But the way the subtitles mm-hmm. read this time was like, yeah, she left the game, but now look how much she stands out. So it was, like, just a little slightly different that also kind of, like, touched on the same idea. Mm-hmm. She talks about how ooh ooh in her memory as a little, as a younger kid, talks about how Toru is kind of weird and different. I feel like we're starting to get all these... I, I remember before, when we talked about way earlier on in an episode, if we were talking about the, the Onigiri game, and uh, talking about Toru's memories of the hat, and how I was always under the impression when I read this through before that Toru was somebody that she's really clearly very kind, but if and it, to me, I was always kind of like, I never really thought about how the other kind of kids in the class treated her, but it seems like she's also somehow kind of like ostracized, like she's not super popular, she just has Uu and Hana as friends, um, you know, like it doesn't seem at least as far as we can tell. And, and she was picked on as a kid um, by the other kids. So it seems like there's something about her that, like, kids aren't super friendly to her, right, um, when she was little. So it seems like she was also, like, bullied or she kind of—she stands out, too. Mm-hmm. She's, she's sort of treated like a—she's ostracized a little bit, I think, actually. I think there's yeah. evidence of that. It's so very subtly woven in, but— mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: even Uo says, like, she's kind of weird in this episode. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, <laughs> like, well, you're the one who's, like, walking into school with a mask and, like, yeah. <laughs> saying that Toru's a little weird, too, so.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Kyo, uh, we talked about this also a lot, where Kyo won't sit, he will never sit at the table with anybody, you know, mm-hmm. he, he never, like, faces them, like, this time he's, like, facing away from them when he sits to eat with them at lunch, mm-hmm. um, at least initially, like, he also is always uncomfortable being in these, like, social group situations, sitting at the table at Shigure's, or even, like, with uh, Toru and friends, right? So. Yeah. Um, those are all the things that I have to say that are not spoilery about these, this episode. Okay. So we'll do our spoilery discussion, I guess, after this. Um, I will play music. Next time, we're going to talk about the episode 17, which is called This is for Uo-chan. So another, <laughs> another great... <laughs> I mean, we know it's gotta be about Uo.
1: Yeah. It sounds more dramatic than it is.
0: <laughs> this is for Uo chan! Yeah. <laughs> or is it like, this is for Uo chan! Or is it like, <laughs> <laughs> this is for Uo chan? How about that? I can go all night. <laughs> okay. Thank you all, uh, as always, for listening. You can um, you can connect with us on Tumblr and Twitter. Or you can email us or on our website. Um, hope you're all enjoying listening to this podcast. and We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> spoilers. We're yeah. back to talk about spoilers. In terms of, like, there's some spoilers that are going, things that we can talk about that are going to happen directly next time. So we briefly talked about the uh Uo-senpai who mm-hmm. was there, who saw
1: the exchange with her and Toru and Kyoko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're, like, building her up more. Which I think is good, because I know, like, when I first read the chapters, when, like, they're like, oh, you're senpai from before. I was like, who? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and she's like,
0: yeah, is like, oh, yeah, your senpai came. The girl with, like, short hair. And there's, like, a little cutaway to her. And you're like, oh, that one person from that one panel. <laughs> yeah,
1: she said, like, one line. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, yeah, I guess they're just...
1: Uh... Establishing her more.
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that she's just there. And then she is asked... No, that she's there in the background. Then she sees them, their exchange, her exchange with Toru. Then she asks about the red butterfly. So she was there yeah. three times, also, which is nice.
1: Yeah, and it also is like a slightly less contrived way for her to know where Kyoko lives, because I know in the manga it was something like, "Oh, she's," I saw, found your address written down in Uo's bag or something. Did she really? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, "That's convenient." <laughs> yeah, it's so like a senpai of yours came to our house. She saw the address in your notebook. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like what Uo's not doing homework like why
1: yeah why does she have access to Uo's notebook that's a good question did she like pause to like rifle through Uo's notebook before running to get help (laughs) while she's actively getting beat up (laughs) yeah she's like oh hang on
0: a second I know what to do I'll dig around hopefully she wrote down a helpful address yeah the the address of a former gang leader (laughs) yeah and
1: hopefully she labeled it
0: like kyoko honda the red, the red butterfly, the, former red butterfly. <laughs> the red butterfly's address it says underlined there's like a heart around it you're yeah.
1: like mrs uotani red <laughs> butterfly <laughs> mrs arisa butterfly yeah. <laughs>
0: i was gonna call this um i forgot to make a joke about it but i was gonna say when Toru runs into her in the hallway, I was like, it's their meat cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really like Kyoko. Her, I like her voice actress. Um, mm-hmm. I like the way that, that she kind of, the things that she does with her voice that make her, it kind of like adds to her being this like doting parent type figure. It's yeah. going to be cool when she comes back and saves Uo from the gang by like kicking mm-hmm. ass and taking names.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Although oh, something else I forgot that I didn't look up the voice actors, but I assume they were the same, but both voice actors, English and Japanese, who doing Young Uo, did like a really good job of making her sound like this mm-hmm. like like younger, scrappy teenager kind of character. <laughs> like, yes,
0: I think it is the same actress. Yeah. I assume it is.
1: It would be weird to get a new one to play someone who's like three years younger, but <laughs> yeah. they definitely did put some effort into making her sound younger and
0: mm-hmm.
1: like harsher, kind of.
0: It's mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> true like those kids at the end <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> I didn't watch the the dub but I wonder what they said in the dub it's gotta be funny
1: <laughs> yeah it's the same kind of gist I don't remember the exact words but they're
0: like you wanna fight punk <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of anything else <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't feel like there's a lot of spoilers because like we're just gonna talk about it next time yeah it's a fairly kind of self-contained story it's just like it's like here's Uo's backstory um. I
0: think like The spoilers are really about Kyoko, actually, I think, like, because there's a bit of backstory about her and the Mm -hmm. gang and, like, stuff that Uo knows, but then we get, we get to see her story later as well.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like, the stuff we mentioned in the manga chapter where, like, you know, Toru and Uo's meet cute is kind of, (laughs) kind of foreshadows Uo and Karino's meet cute. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Their actual meet cute, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the only spoilers that I had from last time were the things we just talked about, which is, like we learned about a bit about Kyoko's gang life and which is something we talked about before. And then we also talked about people having found families. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know. The gang is clearly a found family for her. She, she acts like, Oh, thinks that it is, but it ain't. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. It's not. <laughs> yeah. And I think like the, I felt like the way the anime was, this episode was structured is that it really clearly sets up like how conflicted she is at that point in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, where she goes and like how ang how she's like angry and doesn't understand why and stuff like that, you know, like a kid, which is yeah. is interesting. And the other spoiler that I had from last time was that we see obviously the next two so probably the next full episode of the anime is going to complete this arc cuz they kind of covered mm-hmm. like one and a half. We talked about how this the reason we read this as a one chapter is because the next two kind of complete this arc, so Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they they kind of covered, like, one and a half of the chapters, so maybe they'll cover the next one and a half in the next one. Yeah, probably. Um, It's funny how, like, half the episode is them shopping for bathing suits, and it's like, I don't have anything to say about that. (laughs) Sorry. It's like, I don't care. don't care what his bathing suit looks like. Yeah, it's funny, because that beginning is, like, really
1: kind of standard for, like, the series Mm -hmm. until now, and then, like, the when it transitioned to a backstory, it gets kind of artsy. Like...
0: Yeah, it's like a... It's like a... That's like I said, it's kind of like... It reminds me of, like, kind of a, it's a little more cinematic. Yeah. Like, it has, sometimes things are just, like, laid out, like, I try, I think, I feel like I didn't do a good job explaining what I meant in the beginning, or maybe I was, like, (laughs) too wordy about it, but, like, it's, normally you have this, like, here's the thing that happens, now some people show up, and then there's, like, a conflict, like, you can kill fight or whatever, and then, and then something gets resolved, or Tori's does something awkward, and then it gets resolved, and it's the end of the episode. Like, that's (laughs) kind of the formula that we've seen for most of them. But in this case, it's like, there's an inciting incident where they decide to go do this thing. And then what happens is that it launches into this very, like, cinematic backstory. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I always kind of, when I was going through the beginning of this, I sort of, like, forgot the beginning part of the story. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, like, they go shopping for bathing suit. And, but really, the interesting part is, like, all the things that are sort of uh, the beginning part that's setting it up and mm-hmm. then after, st- uh, after Uo starts talking about her backstory and then kind of like the resolution of that which we're about to get
1: yeah was it uh... Uo hitting rock bottom yeah um, I feel like does this change the timeline at all moving this episode up because I know what they say it's summer in both the chapter and the <laughs> episode uh <laughs> <laughs>
0: shh, shh. <laughs> what, what season was it before <laughs> it was still spring I think all the Kyo all the yeah. all the stuff happens in the summer. Um, the lake house is the lake house is Golden Week. hmm So it's spring. It's like May. Golden Week I think is yeah. May. So it's it could technically be like the early summer. Yeah. It's like they like, slotted that, this yeah, in as that, early like, as last, possible. Yeah, wasn't that last episode was the Lake House? <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. Last episode was the Lake yeah, House. So it went from spring to summer
0: <laughs> <laughs> It went from really May. Quickly. Well, who knows when they opened the pool in Japan? It could be hot. It's way hotter there than here. Yeah. So than why. she does I say am. like,
1: ah, oh, this is summer or something. Yeah, like...
0: definitely the summer life. Don't yeah. question it. What's, <laughs> hold on, wait, let me find my list of episodes because I want to find out which one was after, immediately after. Oh, Kisa shows up. When Kisa shows up, I think it's summery too because it's like rainy. It's like pouring rain, like a summer kind of rain, right? Mm-hmm um and then tori fails her final exams and then it's kyo's true
1: form yeah isn't that like spring stuff though because they're talking about the rain. i don't know anyway, <laughs> yeah maybe i it's don't know something I thought of, like like that they kept the summer line in i was like hmm.
0: <laughs> definitely summer they said i think it like maybe adjusts it for like a month <laughs> a lot happened i mean kyo's yeah. true form is four chapters but it's one night or like mm-hmm. uh 24 hours right yeah the part right after the like all the Yuki stuff that happens after Kyo's true form,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yuki is like, "I'm looking forward to spending the summer with you. Hopefully, we get to go to the beach and go to a festival, which they won't."
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's, I think he's just making the summer really long. Then we're gonna have all this like, we're gonna have the Kyo stuff and the presumably like the Kisa stuff, the beach, and then, like, the beach stuff. So now that really you summer. mentioned it,
0: it's like so. If you say so, it's like Lake House, which is May. It's it's probably early spring and then Kisa shows up from that's all volume five and then the beach culminates in volume ten. So it's like Mm -hmm. five volumes of summer. Yeah. (laughs) It's the endless summer of Aruba. I was also like, I relate. It's summer now. (laughs) It's like the middle of July. It's so hot.
1: I wish I was in a pool. Yeah, I was reading that I was like, I wanna go swimming. Okay. Oh, it's late.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go (laughs) edit this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening to spoilers, to the minor spoilers that we had, which were basically spoilers mostly for next time, and then
1: I guess like Kyoko yeah. stuff in spoilers the future. Spoilers for like a couple hours, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spoilers for a couple of hours, yes. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? It's for next week. I was like, oh, wait, it's today. <laughs> okay, thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> or- or, or,
1: bye bye.